Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script i got a little bit of extra for you it is february 16th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your thursday afternoons wherever you may be Little shout out today, man. First of all, happy birthday to my brother, Jesse, the Chi-Town Smark. Happy birthday to him. I think he turns 34 today, if I'm not mistaken. That's what somebody said in the chat. I should be ashamed. I don't know how old he is. I'm fucking old. I just turned 41 on uh, February 6th, but... Happy birthday to Jesse. He's going to be having a uh, little hangout stream tonight on his channel. I don't know what time, but he usually goes live around 6, 7 o'clock Eastern time. So if you guys want to go hang out with Jesse tonight, please follow him on, uh, follow him on social media and go check out his uh, YouTube channel, Chi-Town Smart. So happy birthday to him. I hope he's enjoying his day. And shout out to my brother, who I know is not watching because he's probably working or doing something in his own little realm uh, my brother Frank turns 38 today. So, fun fact, my brother Frank, my middle brother, and Jesse share the same birthday. So, look at that. So, happy birthday to both of those guys. Hopefully, they're enjoying their day. We have some news, man. I I'm getting quite comfortable coming on here in the middle of the afternoon. I like this little break in the week instead of saving everything for the end of the week. I like this little break in the week where we can talk about pro wrestling. And we got some we got some pretty decent stuff to talk about today, as I had mentioned at the top, as you guys see in the title of the video here on YouTube. Roman Reigns reaches a milestone today, 900 days. Uh, I'm going to be talking about this because I want to really create a nice little general consensus, nice little general topic here for the IWCs. Roman Reigns, on his way to being the greatest final boss in WWE history. It's a very subjective thing. We're going to talk about it today a little bit. We're going to talk about it when we're live again on Sunday night. We're going to talk about it at the Elimination Chamber. Is Roman Reigns the greatest final boss in WWE history? Again, very subjective. If you look at the names of the people that he's beaten... If you look at the rich storytelling that is the bloodline, if you look at the character work that Roman Reigns has portrayed on WWE television, it has been second to none. If you look at his in-ring skill, which a lot of people don't really appreciate, and the level of storytelling that goes into what he does, if you look at his longevity and what he's done and now we're at 900 days, and I know a lot of people 
are already claiming that he will be losing to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. We don't really know that for sure. The longevity of Roman Reigns has reached 900 days. And we're lucky that we have somebody like Cody Rhodes that's come along that's, you know, giving off the vibe of, oh man, Roman Reigns' end is near. The rain is finally going to come to an end. Honestly, and again, it's a very split feeling. It's a very subjective thing. But I've always been honest with you guys, from me to you, if Roman was to win at WrestleMania, I don't think I'd have a problem. If Roman Reigns was to defeat Cody Rhodes in the main event of WrestleMania on night two and continue this for another, you know, 100 days or so, go to 1,000 days, 1,100 days, take it to SummerSlam. I don't think I'd have a problem. See, that's where people kind of get messed up with this whole Roman Reigns. Oh, Roman Reigns is not the greatest of all time. I mean, there are arguments to be had that he very well could be the greatest final rival to anybody in WWE history. And I'm including a Hulk Hogan and a John Cena and, you know, guys like that. I mentioned the Ultimate Warrior, Shawn Michaels, Bret the Hitman, Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock... I mean, you look at the annals of WWE history and who has been on top. I'm not talking about the Bruno Sammartinos and the Hulk Hogans that held the championship for, for Hogan held the championship for four years. It was near 1,500 days. Sam, Bob Backlund, eight years. You know, I, I'm not talking about those types of guys because you can't really compare that era to this era. You know, they are in a different time and place. Roman Reigns is right now in the WWE. And things are so fucking different from when they were back in that era. You can't really compare. There was no weekly television. There's no Monday Night Raw. There's no SmackDown. There's, you know, the, the, the extensive touring that there is now compared to then. I, I mean, it, it's not even a fair comparison. And then you look at the list of opponents that he's gone through. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up a couple of things for you. And we'll, we'll talk about this as the week goes on, but... Roman Reigns has reached 900 days plus as WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. It's a discussion that needs to be had. Also, we have news on Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes said that he is okay with a triple threat match with Sami Zayn. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. Cody's, uh, Cody's a good guy. Cody's a good guy. I, I don't think Cody needs to be uh, projecting himself as somebody that's running for the fucking presidential office. It's okay if you say no, bro. Cody Rose says it's okay if it's a triple threat match with Sami Zayn. I'm not okay with it. Sami Zayn's not winning the WWE Universal Championship on, sa on Saturday night. There's a 0% chance. And I still see geeks. I still see check marks in the community. Oh, Sami Zayn's gonna win. He needs to be in a triple threat match, man. There is zero, and I mean zero percent chance that Sami Zayn wins the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. I have a better chance of being rock hard instead of Juice Robinson. Let's give that a thought. Get your mind out of the gutter. No. Not going to happen. Sami Zayn, rumor killer. There was another narrative being floated around out there. People were even asking Meltzer about this narrative he, uh, he deaded that immediately. We'll talk about that. FTR, 
People in AEW, man, they love to get the marks talking. FTR, Dax Harwood tweeted out something of uh, great interest to the people. And apparently he, he, he tweeted out a picture, and we'll start with this in, in a little bit. He, he tweeted out a picture of a tequila bottle. You know, Dax loves his cold beverages, man. I appreciate that. Dax is the way he is with his tequila that I am with my craft beer and whiskey. Even though I've kind of cut down on that significantly lately because I've been in the gym. But there was a document on the table as he took this picture. Maybe he knew it. Maybe he didn't know it. I don't know. But it looked like it had a WWE branded logo on the document. And it got, it got people talking. And then we'll talk about uh, Conan the Fool. Don't know why people like this have a platform. Spewing garbage. Him and uh, Disco Retard out there, making fun of Kanosuke Takeshita because he did a frog splash in honor of Eddie Guerrero in Texas last week on Dynamite. And he's backtracked now three times. And he's going to continue to backtrack because he knows he's wrong and he fucked up instead of apologizing to Kanosuke Takeshita. It's amazing how all these AEW, anti-AEW podcasts... They want to say something outlandish, and then they want to backtrack on it as if they never meant to say it. These people shit on AEW every fucking chance they got. So why would anybody believe you when you backtrack? It's ridiculous. So we'll get into all that stuff today right here on the podcast. Quickly, I just want to thank you guys for joining me on today's show. Please hit that thumbs up. I'd love that we could get as close to 1,000 likes as possible. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are open. Hit that join button and become a channel member, man. We are almost near completion for my mother's basement. We're about halfway there. And if you guys want to get in on the opening night of my mother's basement, you're going to have to sign up, man, because that first night, that opening night of my mother's basement, when we unveil it and open the doors... To the OTS venue, it is going to be VIP only. So make sure you guys get in with that. If you want to chat, we're going to have a big, big live stream for that. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you guys go and hit that join button down below. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for notifications. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Thank you for all the love on TikTok lately. Thank you for all the love on my YouTube shorts. Have a good time. Putting those things together. Maybe we'll get a couple out of today's show. Uh, make sure you guys... Also, uh, Otis, get Daniel's son out of the chat. Get Daniel's son out of the chat, Otis. My balancer, Otis. Get him out. Um, Yeah. Social media. Thank you for all the love on the TikTok uh, videos. Uh, make sure you guys go check out the shorts. Have a good time doing them. I said maybe we'll get some out of today. Also, go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We were live for AEW Dynamite last night, Jesse and I. Pretty boring show last night. Really uh, not much going on with AEW right now as we head into the Revolution pay-per-view in a couple of weeks. Felt like it was a very random show last night. Could have been done better. Could have been done a lot better, but... A lot of people are pretty disinterested in AEW right now, man. I don't blame you. 
They need something to really sink your teeth into. They've been doing a good job, but they don't have that big storyline that is grabbing people's attention. So go check that out. We were live for Monday Night Raw as well. And we'll be live again tomorrow night for SmackDown. Big SmackDown tomorrow as we continue the road to the Elimination Chamber. Should be a big one. It's going to be in Montreal also. I'll be live for that tomorrow night after SmackDown is over. And tonight's show, man, I'm so happy about my sponsor for tonight's show. We are back partnered with The Ridge. Ridge is back as a partner on the podcast. We'll talk about my friends over at The Ridge in a little bit. But you guys got to go to Ridge.com and use that code SCRIPTS for 10% off and get yourself a beautiful Ridge wallet. So happy to have them back on board. Ridge.com slash scripts. Make sure you guys go check that out. Awesome to have them back on the podcast. Let's get into the news, man. I'm going to start off with Dax. Dax Harwood. He got all the social media marks, all the pro wrestling geeks talking because he tweeted out this picture There I am. I forgot to add an audio source. He tweeted out this picture. He says, finally got my hands on some Kaz Kanas. I I can't pronounce that. But it looks mighty tasty, bro. It looks great. I prefer a brown tequila over a white tequila, I think. That's just me. As you see, he's got the Ring of Honor uh, tag team titles back there. He's got the AW tag team titles. He's got... The WWE Raw and SmackDown tag team titles back there. I'm assuming the one on the far end there is the NXT title. He's got the IWGP tag team championships there, man. This guy is living life, and he's got his cold beverage right there. But if you guys notice, in the bottom left of the screen here, right above the text, you see what looks to be a WWE document. Now, what the hell is that there? What is that there? This is what got people talking on social media. What is is Dax doing on Instagram? Putting up a WWE contract on his table, man. I don't really understand that. I don't really get what's going on here. So Dax tweeted this out, and apparently this got people talking. Everybody thinks that they're on their way back to WWE. And FTR, you know, take nothing away from them. They've had an incredible run in AEW. I mean, they were at one point the top tag team in the world and are still the top tag team in the world. AEW, Ring of Honor, AAA, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, they've done it all. They've had three of the very best matches in all of pro wrestling, possibly ever, tag team-wise, ever, with the Briscoes. Harwood said that their current AEW contracts will be up at the end of April, making them free agents. Now, they've entertained the idea of staying with AEW or potentially going somewhere else. Now, another idea is for them to work the independence for a while and not be signed to any promotion at all. Now, this would obviously free them up to do whatever they want, but also keep the door open for AEW as well, because some of the 
some of the talent on, on AEW, they, they end up working the indies anyway, and uh, that is by special request, re request of Tony Khan. So uh, he, he does allow people to kind of venture off and do what they want if it really uh, kind of fits his narrative. Harwood got fans talking on Instagram after he shared this photo. And in the bottom left corner, you see a piece of paper that looked like it had a WWE logo on it, indicating that he was looking over a contract that potentially Triple H sent him over from Stamford, Connecticut. He then later posted the photo on Twitter, but just so happened to crop out the WWE logo that was in the picture that we saw on Instagram. Now, Dax did say that whatever the next move he and Cash make are going to be their last major move with a major pro wrestling company. It's going to be their last big run with a major televised wrestling promotion. And that's great. That's great. We're lucky that we have a team like Dax and Cash right now for our generation doing what they do. First of all, they, they needed the time off. I mean, they have beaten themselves senseless. They have beaten their fucking bodies into the ground for us. And after all of those matches, especially after that dog collar match with the Briscoes at the last Ring of Honor show at Final Battle, they, they needed all the time in the world off to go heal themselves up. And I'm glad that Tony Khan has given them the time off to not only rest and recuperate, come back, uh, you know, somewhat normal, better than they were in February, but also think about a major decision that's going to carry them into the next couple of years. So good on Tony Khan. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Dax to be toying with people. Oh, wow, an AEW contracted employee toying with the marks online. I mean, he, he knew what he was doing. He's not a fucking idiot. He knew what he was doing. Why would he post that on Instagram and say, oh, shit, I fucked up? I mean, you know what the picture looks like when you post it to your Instagram stories and then you add fucking text on Instagram to it. You see that the WWE logo is there. He did it to get people talking. That's my interpretation of it. Oh my God, an AEW guy mentioned WWE and made a tease that he's going to WWE. Of course he did. Of course he did. Where is FTR now? They're not on TV. Nobody's talking about FTR like we were talking about FTR two months ago. He wants people to keep FTR and the names Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler in the back of their minds. So he did what he did. He posted it to Instagram, and then he rightfully fixed it for Twitter because it caused a shitstorm. And he didn't expect it to make news, but, I mean, the geeks in the wrestling community, I mean, you throw them a fucking crumb, and they'll make a 20-minute video out of it. They're, they're ruthless. Pathetic and ruthless. And that's exactly what happened. This thing blew up. I don't think... I don't think that FTR is leaving AEW. I don't. Because, honestly, if you want my honest opinion, the WWE Tag Team Division could be better. And I mean this wholeheartedly. The WWE Tag Team Division could be better than the AEW Tag Team Division if they applied the right logic to what they're doing over there. We don't need SmackDown and Raw Tag Team titles. We only need one set of tag team titles. We don't need two divisions. I've been saying this since 2016. I've been saying this since the 2016 WWE Draft. 
if you take the tag team divisions, give us one set of titles, and have the titles float between Raw and SmackDown, if you want to play with the idea of split brands and the idea of a brand split's not going anywhere and you want two separate shows, why do the men tag team titles have a different set of rules than the women's tag team titles. The women's tag team titles can float between Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw, Raw to NXT, SmackDown to NXT, NXT to Raw. I mean, there's two set of rules. Why are there two sets of rules for the men's and women's tag team championships? Additionally, why do you want to call a men's tag team division on Raw with four teams a division? A division is not four teams. I call that lazy. I call that WWE not wanting to grow and not wanting to get better. So if FTR goes to WWE, where are you going to put them? You're going to put them on Monday Night Raw with who? WWE is on the verge of possibly breaking up the Street Profits. WWE has no real solid tag teams on Monday Night. Who, who do they got? They got tag teams, but it's not as good as it should be. The club, they got Alpha Academy, which it looks like they're breaking Otis away from Gable, right? What other tag teams do they have on Monday Night Raw? that you want to see in the ring with FTR. The only team I want to see in the ring with FTR are two teams, Imperium and the Usos, and that is it. And maybe the Brawling Brutes, depending on if they stay together and if they're a viable tag team at the end of it all, if they're still a faction by the time FTR maybe gets there. I would say if FTR wants to go to WWE now, it's certainly a better place than it was under Vince McMahon with Triple H running it because Triple H appreciates tag team wrestling. But I said this about Sasha Banks, and I back Sasha Banks 100%. If she went back to WWE, what exactly has changed from the time she walked out with Naomi to now? Nothing. Nothing has changed. Everybody wants Sasha Banks to go back to WWE, but you're looking at another Charlotte Flair reign of terror and Bianca Belair as a babyface champion that's becoming stale by the week. And WWE hasn't done anything to make the storytelling in the division better. They've only added bodies, and it's gotten worse. SmackDown's women's division is one of the more, is one of the more terrible women's divisions in all of pro wrestling. There is no storytelling. Nothing has changed. Meanwhile, you're blasting this woman for going to live her dream out in Japan and want to do what she wants to do, and you're all turning your back on her. Fuck you. I know the same thing would happen with Dax. Oh, you didn't join WWE, the more elite company, the bigger company. I'm going to go wherever they go because I want to see them succeed. And you're lucky that you have somebody like Dax and Cash doing what the fuck they do for tag team wrestling in an era where tag team wrestling really isn't all that popular. AEW is their best bet. Plus, additionally... I feel like CM Punk is on his way back to AEW anyway. I think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous if Tony Khan, he's going he's gonna to be the one to make this decision. And I, I, I do believe things, storytelling has fallen off with CM Punk not there. If FTR are going back to AEW, which I do think, I do think that this will bring back CM Punk. And I do think that if FTR and CM Punk are back on television, that is where it's at. That's what you're going to do. Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, there's money to be made there. You could ignite those feuds and you get, get some real long-term booking out of all that. It just makes stupid sense. Why would you not want to explore that? So I do think that FTR, the best decision for them would be AEW. That's all 
you know, uh, subjective. They're going to do what they need to do. But I, I think the best move would be back to AEW. WWE right now is not in a position where tag team wrestling is going to be where FTR wants it to be. Things have changed over there. Things have changed. Vince McMahon's not there. I mean, that's the, the biggest thing of all. But tag team wrestling in WWE over AEW, I mean, it's, a, it's, an, easy, it's an easy answer right now. Nothing's really changed over there drastically that I would say FTR needs to be back in WWE. This was all, this was all done to stir the pot on social media. I would not take this to be uh, too much of, of a thing with FTR. And again, wherever they end up going, who gives a shit? It's what they want to do and their happiness and their desire to, to, to you know, supp supply and support their family in their best interests. So what? Wherever they go, I'll be watching. It doesn't matter. Miro. Oh, where, oh, where is Miro? I don't know. Miro, for all we know, may be sitting out the rest of his fucking AEW contract because of comments his wife made while he was under contract. But Miro came to the defense of Konosuke Takeshita after Conan's negative comments about Takeshita doing a frog splash in El Paso on Dynamite in his match with MJF. Miro came to the defense of Konosuke Takeshita days after Conan went after him on his Keeping It 100 podcast. Conan took issue with Takeshita imitating Eddie Guerrero during his match with AEW World Champion MJF on last week's Dynamite before hitting a frog splash, which is, you guys know, the iconic finisher of Eddie Guerrero. He says, and I quote, well, Takeshita, he's got heat with me, and he's lucky I wasn't in El Paso because, you know, Conan walking around on a cane is uh, going to be a threat to Konosuke Takeshita because he went up. He did the fucking Eddie Guerrero thing for the frog splash. You're not Mexican, dude. I don't care. Stick to your nationality. That's what Conan said on Keeping It 100. Miro took to Twitter and defended Takeshita by writing this. I bet you all that Conan, or whatever his name is, can't last 10 seconds with Konosuke Takeshita. Conan, of course, backtracked on his comments. He said the whole Takeshita thing was a joke. Like, I really get mad over him doing a frog splash. Everybody does it. If you actually believe I was hot, joke's on you. No, joke's on Conan for actually allowing that to be said on the fucking podcast and then thinking people, thinking people are stupid enough. Oh, he's only joking. It wouldn't have been said if it wasn't a joke. He wouldn't have said it. He honestly meant what he said. They're all so protective over Eddie Guerrero for some reason. I don't, I, don't, I don't really understand why. Please don't tell me what I did or what my intentions were. If you don't think it was a joke, that's on you. He continued to backtrack. He continued to backtrack even into today. I'm not even going to read this entire fucking... I mean, this is ridiculous. He, he, he goes on to say this. I'll read a little clip of it because, I, I mean, he just went on and on about this shit. It's incredible to me that it even got this much traction, but it shows me a couple of things. People are easily triggered, number one. People are looking for shit to get mad about. There's obviously people that don't like me, so this was a good excuse for them to just pile on. I mean, I could say that anytime I fucking get piled on. 
If you see some of the Twitter feeds of the people that listen to the show, they were like, they don't understand your humor because I can guarantee you 80% of the people did not hear the show. Why would they? And they don't know the context and they don't know my humor or when Disco gets attacked, his humor. The worst part is, is that since they don't listen to the show, all they ever do is use clickbait. You think the show is super negative because all they read is negative shit. So everyone's got the same opinion that they don't listen to the show. Oh, they're washed up. Oh, they're trying to be relevant. They're haters, whatever the shit is. That's why anytime I see something in the news, I go, let me hear it first because I don't know how many times I've read something. And then for not listening to it, I didn't get the whole context. I'm like, well, this isn't what they meant. End quote. So, you know, these podcasters, these these anti-AEW podcasts, you know, you could label Eric Bischoff in that because he's went out CM Punk and Tony Khan, you know, several times. Ric Flair did it with Kanosuke uh, Takeshita not too long ago. All these anti-AEW podcasts, you know, Jesse talks about this all the time when we're live on Wednesday when we have something like this to talk about. All these people do is use the platform to say stupid shit so that it gets in the news, it gets in the dirt sheets, it makes the rounds on social media, and Conan is attached to that, his podcast name is attached to that, Disco Inferno is attached to that, and their podcast and their names are going around, and they got traction for their show. It's almost as if they wake up and say, oh shit, our podcast isn't doing what we expected it to do. Let's stir the pot a little bit on social media and get the marks triggered over something that is so irrelevant that it'll get us in the news for days to come. They'll come and listen to the show, and then our numbers will be back up where they need to be. It's almost, it's almost like a vicious cycle with these people. It's like, it's like a woman getting their period every month. This is the anti-AEW podcast's way of getting their period every month. They bleed out fucking bullshit. Now, I don't need to listen to the fucking show, nor do I want to. I don't want to listen to fucking Conan. I know they're anti-AEW because all you hear is Disco Inferno spew hate and garbage. I don't know what his problem is. It's almost as if he's disgruntled Tony Khan didn't give him a job. The fuck wants to give Disco Inferno a job? He doesn't know anything about the fucking business now. He doesn't know what AEW needs to do to get better. All the same complaints he makes about AEW. I didn't hear one fucking peep out of him when Vince McMahon was running the fucking show. They were praising one side and then shitting on the other. They're anti-AEW. There is a market for anti-AEW podcasts. That's what their market is. But I mean, everybody, everybody in the business does Eddie Guerrero. How many finishes did we see do the Eddie Guerrero finish? We're going to get mad at every fucking, every, every pro wrestler in the annals of history that did the Eddie Guerrero finish? People made a big fucking shit about Rhea Ripley wearing mommy on her t-shirt instead of Eddie Guerrero's poppy. So much so that they made fabricated lies that Vicky Guerrero was upset about it. And she came out and said that she fully supports Rhea Ripley in doing that. Why would she have a problem? Why would she have a problem? Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks, Ricochet, Will Ospreay, 
Logan Paul, countless, 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 countless others. Seth Rollins. I mean, you can name almost everybody and anybody and anybody in between that's done Eddie Guerrero. But Takeshita was a problem in El Paso because Takeshita is Japanese and he doesn't know anything about the legacy of Eddie Guerrero. And he's Japanese in Mexico or, or in Texas, rather, doing the thing. And he can't do it because he's not Mexican. That's what people got upset about. You can't do that. Stop doing it. You're Mexican, dude. You're not Mexican. You're Japanese. You're, you're not Mexican. I, I didn't know doing a frog splash needed to come with a nationality in the background now. Ridiculous. It's one of the most dumbest things. It's one of the most dumbest things I've ever heard anybody say on a platform in, in several, several, several months. I don't know why it was said. Talk about fucking loser tweet of the week. I mean, there you go. And everybody gets on Takeshita for whatever. I mean, Ric Flair got on Takeshita. I mean, this is how fucking stupid they are. Ric Flair got on Takeshita for saying, oh, the guy can't throw chops. I don't know if Ric Flair is also losing his fucking eyesight, but those chops against Brian Danielson, they were so fucking loud, they left Danielson's chest looking like a fucking package of chop meat. Brian's chest was fucking lashed and bleeding because of the chops Takeshita did. Meanwhile, Ric Flair said, Oh, that's not how you throw a chop. Put some effort into it. Put some intensity into it. Brian was bleeding. The fuck are you talking about? Then he goes on his podcast the next week and says nobody's talking about AEW. Clearly, he must have missed his own show because last week he talked about Takeshita, who apparently is not signed to AEW. These anti-AEW podcasts are garbage. Garbage. I wish they'd get with the program. Ridiculous. We know Eddie Guerrero was important to Conan. We get it. But you can't throw something like that. I mean, you can't throw something like that out there. Oh, you're not, you're not Mexican, dude. In 2023, uh, he, may be, he may be very nearsighted. In 2023, you're not Mexican, dude, to the Japanese guy doing a fucking frog splash off the top rope. The fuck did you think was gonna happen? Did you think the cancel culture fucking virgins online were gonna let you get away with that one? Fuck no. Give me a break. Moving on. Major backstage meeting happened at AEW Dynamite last week with the women's locker room. We talked about this a little bit. On AEW Dynamite post-show last night, Jesse and I talked about this. Former AEW women's champion, Thunder Rosa, returned to the road for the first time since her injury, which forced her to eventually vacate the title. Fightful Select has learned that there was a women's locker room meeting for all of the women on the roster who were present at the tapings. Those that we heard from said that it was an effort to ease the tension between Rosa and the locker room after several relationships have been frayed. Those that we spoke to, with knowledge of the situation, said that Rosa did a lot of making amends for several issues that came up along the way during her previous run in the company. There were those on the roster that took issue with her approach to things and believed she made others on the women's roster seem like bullies. There were also complaints about sandbagging and working stiff, one member of the roster was quick to issue 
uh, that she had not been on the road with AEW while traveling for other work and questioned the legitimacy of her injury, which Rosa addressed publicly. Rosa wasn't wrestling, but instead did Spanish language commentary, which sources indicated she was happy to be participating in. She noted that she'd be back on the road and uh, she wouldn't be wrestling immediately as she hasn't been cleared yet, but is getting closer to being cleared. And AEW management told FIFA that they believed the meeting was productive and it hoped that it was a clean slate for the company. I'm happy to hear this. You know, I- I'm happy to hear this. I... I really hope that all of the drama in AEW is coming to a close, that it's boiling down and, you know, it's not really going to be an issue. It's always going to be an issue, but not to the extent that it was last year. I mean, you mix with the CM Punk brawl out situation and then you got Andrade and Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara and Malachi Black wanting out and all the rumors of people wanting out. And and then you got the ladies, they got their own pro. It was like a fucking civil war in the AEW locker room. It's like the company was imploding from the inside. All I want for that division is a real great sense of focus. And I want a harmonious locker room. I I, I don't want to hear, I don't want, From a fan's perspective, I don't want the backstage drama to overtake what's happening on TV. That's not really really a good look. I think that disinterests people more than anything. It drives people away more than anything. They, They have to know that. They have to know that. But Thunder Rosa, I mean, you heard stories about Thunder Rosa. You heard stories about her dislike for Britt Baker and vice versa. And Britt's dislike for Thunder Rosa and Britt's camp. Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, and all this stuff, and all the stories that you heard coming out of that. I mean, we weren't there. We don't know if it's true or not. We were all insinuating and adding on to the dirt sheets, and we we didn't really know what was going on. You know, I I got a little glimpse of what was going on because uh, I had uh, half of the fucking women's locker room call me out last October, and I got a a little glimpse of what's going on there, and I understood a little bit better about what was going on. I just want a harmonious locker room. And the fact that Thunder Rosa is, you know, she she took time away and she's getting herself better and she's working to get back on the road. The fact that, you know, the time away, it, it made her think. And now we're at this point where she is ready to sit down and make amends. You know, we don't really know the insides of this meeting. We don't know who called this meeting, how this meeting came about. Was it something that Thunder Rosa wanted to do, that she's back on the road with the company? Is this something that Britt Baker wanted them to do? Is this something that Tony Khan wanted done? We, we don't know any of that. We don't know any of that. Regardless of, you know, Tony Khan, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, or a collective idea of all three, you know, the reason why this came about, I'm just glad that it happened. I, I'm glad that, this meeting happened and that Thunder Rosa, you know, was a mature party here and, and apologized and hopefully Brit's side and that side of the locker room that didn't really look at Thunder Rosa in a positive way, that they accepted Thunder Rosa's apology. And everybody can work together now. The idea should be let's work together to make this division as strong as it could be because if one or two pieces is off, it's not going to be where it needs to be. And AEW, you know, I don't know what's been going on lately. I mean, it's been kind of cringe with 
Soraya and Tony Storm and the fucking comedic garbage that they're doing on TV. They got these two ladies spray painting people and it's just coming off comically bad. Sheeta got hurt. I don't know if they needed to rewrite shit. Ruby Soho is like in the middle of this. Is she the third woman? Which side is she going to be on? It's almost as if they had to rewrite plans because Hikaru Shida is now out with injury. I don't know where they're going, but they, they could potentially have something nice here. Finally, a storyline and a storyline angle. But the ladies, that's going to kind of drive television for them on Dynamite. I hope that they get it right, because right now it isn't really doing much of anything. The potential is there. It was there. That's what their focus should be. Not, you know, who's running into a bathroom stall, who's giving one a broken nose and crying and Who's sandbagging who and who's working stiff here and this and that? I'm just glad everything is getting back to normal. So good on Thunder Rosa for making amends. And I hope Britt Baker and her party sat down and said, you know what? We don't have to like each other. Just let's work together. I I I can respect that. I can respect that greatly. You know, it was an issue that Thunder Rosa was the champion and didn't want to come to work. You know, you could take that as it is. Britt Baker was there. She was the champion. She was coming to work. She was there on TV every week. You know, it's easier for Britt to do that than a Thunder Rosa because she's a heel and she can keep up that momentum on TV. Thunder Rosa as a babyface champion, you know, there's only so much she can do on TV if she's showing up injured. If she was hurt, if she was hurt for two, three months, the, the right thing to do was to take the title off of her. You can't do it with Britt. You can't do it with Thunder Rosa, rather, and, and do it like you did with Britt. It's not going to work. Britt, Britt is a little bit more lenient and a little bit more flexible being a heel. It's easier to be a heel in that moment than it is a baby fist like Thunder Rosa. But I'm just glad that everything is getting back to normal somewhat, and people are making amends. People are making amends. CM Punk hopefully makes amends with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and everybody in AEW because that's what I think is best for business. They would be foolish not to. So I'm glad to see the locker room in AEW is getting back to normal. And again, I'd be very interested to know how all this meeting came about. That's what I would be very interested in knowing. AEW fight forever. Can't wait till it comes out. It's going to be a big thing on this channel. Can't wait to play. It looks great. Looks a lot better than WW2K23. I will tell you that. Now... We don't have a release date. The game should be done. The game is coming out this year. We don't know when. It was reported recently that one of the major holdups was the rating of the game as the game's content wasn't allowed to uh, get it out when AEW wanted it to. Apparently, uh, it wasn't allowing the game to get a teen rating. The contents of the game were not allowing it to get a teen rating. However, a few days ago, the ESRB did give the game its desired Teton rating, so that shouldn't be an issue any longer. Andrew Zarian of the Wrestling Observer tweeted that he spoke to an old colleague who is deep in the gaming world who provided an update. According to Zarian's old colleague, the game is currently slated for release quarter two of 2023, which would mean April, May, or June. AEW Fight Forever has been listed for a while with a release date of December 31, but that's obviously not the, 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 the release date for the company. Last year or this year, uh, this game will be out this year, and it will be before December 31st for sure. It's obviously just a placeholder date. 
until something gets made official. WWE 2K23 is set for release on March 17th or March 14th for people who pre-order the uh, Bad Bunny edition or whatever, the John Cena special edition where you get to play as Bad Bunny, man. I can't wait. Um, I'm not buying that. It's the same game as last year. They only added war games and, oh my God, man, I, you get to play as Zoe Stark. You get to play as Mandy Rose in Toxic Attraction. You get to play as Cora Jade. Who gives a shit? Sure, the creator characters, the community creations would be a lot better than some of the renditions that you see in the game. Who cares? Fight Forever is where it's going to be at. April, May, or June. Can't wait. Very excited about what's going on, and I'm glad I could give you guys that update. And whenever it's released, we're going to be playing it. We're going to be pre-ordering it. I can't wait to get that game in my hands and, and feel that old nostalgic feel of what we used to love back during the Nintendo 64 era with no mercy. It's going to be really fun. Can't wait. Triple H. Shifting gears to some WWE news. Triple H scraps a Valentine's Day segment from the WWE Monday Night Raw script. Now, while Vince McMahon is uh, no longer in charge of WWE creative, some think that he still may be running the company from Arkham Asylum somewhere, some things never seem to change about the production of Monday Night Raw. One thing that never changes is the fact that things can change like that. According to Fightful Select, plans were made for a Valentine's Day-themed segment on Raw with a ton of props reportedly being made for the segment only for plans to change at the very last moment. The segment found itself on the cutting room floor by the time Raw went on the air. There is no word on the reason that caused the segment to be cut. Maybe because it sucks. And maybe because WWE is going into WrestleMania season and there's no room for fucking hokey pathetic, unfunny garbage. I'm not here to laugh. I'm not here to celebrate Valentine's Day. I'm here to watch Cody and Sammy and WrestleMania build an Elimination Chamber build. I don't give a fuck. Maybe that's the reason. Monday Night Raw was centered around the Elimination Chamber. Montreal, Saturday night. Cody Rhodes exchanged words with Sammy Zayn, becoming his personal cheerleader, telling him to finish his story and meet him at WrestleMania. Also, Becky Lynch and Bayley nearly came to blows in a heated showdown that set up a main event triple threat match where one of them or both of them could have been added to the Elimination Chamber women's match. The show also featured Miz TV, which saw Miz interview Seth Rollins to set up his match with Logan Paul at WrestleMania. And Triple H has been very outspoken about his long-term booking. He's remained adaptive to the chaotic nature of live television, which only proves make a plan and God laughs. I think he's done a very good job of keeping the boat on those rough seas headed in that direction and not changing course. Meltzer talked about how Triple H, when he took over, they had an idea for WrestleMania plans back around Survivor Series. Obviously, it was a rough draft around then. It was nothing more than a couple of thought bubbles but the ideas, the solid ideas, the main ideas that they want for WrestleMania are still the solid ideas and the plans for WrestleMania right now as they were in November, which is always a great thing because that's what I remember being, you know, around Survivor Series, WrestleMania gets in motion around that time. You start planning around 
Survivor Series time. Vince would start planning for WrestleMania around March. I don't think we would, honestly, honestly, I don't think we would have even had a match outside of the Royal Rumble winner versus whoever the champion was. I can come up with eight or nine, ten different matches for this year's WrestleMania, and we just got removed from, from the Royal Rumble. We are two weeks removed from the Royal Rumble. This would not be the way it is right now if Vince was in charge. You would not get a WrestleMania match on top of the championship matches until March if Vince and Bruce were in charge. I like that Triple H scraps these terrible ideas. There's no, there's no reason for a Valentine's Day segment. None. Did you guys watch NXT? Did you guys watch NXT and the Valentine's Day shit that they did? I, I mean, it, it, it was awful. Everything on that show is just genuinely terrible. I would rather not have that bleed into any of the main roster programs. We don't need that. It's about WrestleMania. It's not about fucking NXT and who's taking who out on a date and who's taking who out for chicken fingers and who's looking to get a kiss on Valentine. I mean, what, what is this? Who, who's writing this shit? It's almost as if it's written for 11-year-olds. It's terrible. I don't want to see that. I'm glad that shit got scrapped. Roman Reigns, 900 days as undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. After today, it will be 901. Roman Reigns has had one of the most memorable runs of all time. The tribal chief, the head of the table, where he was... I mean, I don't want to ever go back to that Roman Reigns. I don't want to ever be back in that era of WWE. The way he's reinvented himself as the tribal chief and the head of the table. You got to appreciate it. Reigns won a triple threat match back at Payback 2020 over Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt to win the undisputed or to win the WWE Universal Championship. They weren't undisputed until he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38 where he unified both of the championships. Now, they say unified, but they didn't really unify them. He's still holding two belts. If they unified them, then they would have kind of molded them into one belt. Reigns has been the universal champion for 900 days. He hasn't been pinned since December 2019 when he lost to Baron Corbin at the TLC pay-per-view. This is the longest WWE world title reign in 30 years behind Hulk Hogan's WWE title reign that lasted 1,000 474 days. That is incredible. I don't know why people aren't making a bigger deal about that. In a day and age where, I mean, we can't keep a fucking championship around somebody's waist for more than two months, Roman Reigns has held the title for 900 days. Now, you could look at that on both sides of the coin. Does WWE have enough competition for Roman Reigns? Uh, and have they, have they done enough to... Supply Roman Reigns with a memorable title run? Yes, they have. Yes, they have. With the lack of top talent in the company after he's basically been fed everybody, they've done a fantastic job at keeping him relevant and keeping him fresh at the top. Now, if you guys are wondering who's Roman, uh, who Roman has beat in this reign, Bray Wyatt, Jay Uso, Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, Edge, John Cena, Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, 
Barrett Corbin, Eric Rowan, Buddy Murphy, Elias, and Robert Roode. That's just since September of 2021. I'm not even going back to when he did it in 2020. I mean, those are some big fucking names there. Those are some major, major names in current WWE's landscape. WWE's done a great job of keeping Roman Reigns relevant and fresh. And the bloodline is that reason. And we're going to talk about it throughout the week. Is Roman Reigns the greatest final boss in WWE history? I'm not talking about Undertaker at WrestleMania. Not talking about the WrestleMania streak. I'm not talking about Mr. McMahon. I'm not talking about Hulk Hogan or Bruno Sammartino or Bob Backlund who lived in a very different era of WWE, WWF, than Roman Reigns does. Not talking about those specific moments. I'm talking about a champion. I'm talking about a rival. I'm talking about a rival and a challenger and challengers going after Roman trying to take him down. That's what I'm talking about. This is not some fucking hokey bullshit champion. This is Roman Reigns. And the fact of the matter is, the bloodline have really aided in making Roman as good as he is. This is not some random fucking faction. This is his fucking family. That's what makes it even more special. His family. Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa. They added Paul Heyman to the act. They've done everything to keep that title around Roman Reigns. Everything. This is not like some NWA where Buff Bagwell's there or Macho Man or whoever, and they're just random fucking WWE guys thrown into a faction trying to help Hulk Hogan keep the title. It's his blood. That's what makes it more memorable. That's what makes it special. Now, as far as Roman Reigns and him being the greatest, the final boss, the greatest final boss of all time, again, it's a very subjective thing. It's a very subjective thing. But you can't compare it to The Undertaker. You can't. The Undertaker wrestled one time a year. That streak was defended one time a year. The Undertaker could go on and be mortal fucking any other time during the year. He was immortal at WrestleMania. Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon wasn't a fucking world champion on TV every fucking week. He was the boss of the company. Obviously, you can't compare Roman Reigns, a WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, to the fucking man who owns the company, who could do whatever the fuck he wants. At the snap of a finger, he can make you disappear. Of course, Vince McMahon is going to be the end-all, be-all. But I'm not comparing it to that because it's not fair. I'm talking about live on-air characters that have been a world champion. Look in the annals of world champions in WWE history Dating back to when I just mentioned Hulk Hogan at 1,474 days. Has there been anybody? Because Roman Reigns certainly to me is jumping off the page as the greatest of all time compared to a Hulk Hogan, a John Cena, a Shawn Michaels, a Bret Hart, a Stone Cold Steve Austin, a Rock. I mean, he is the quintessential final boss. Nobody has been able to take him down. Nobody. And he's seemingly getting stronger by the week. And the storytelling. The storytelling has taken Roman to the next level. That's something that, you know, Austin didn't have and Rock didn't have. And you've seen glimpses of storytelling there. And 
you know, it's a very subjective thing. You like the storytelling in the Attitude Era or you didn't like the storytelling in the Attitude Era. I mean, even at Eric Bischoff, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't understand where I was coming from when I said the bloodline and the storytelling of the bloodline is better than what the NWO did. Eric Bischoff even admitted that the bloodline was better and the storyline with the bloodline was better than the NWO. Eric Bischoff. No, but it's wrong for me to say that. It was wrong for me to say that on Monday. Meanwhile, you got Eric Bischoff saying this. Far better than the NWO. In terms of structure, it's discipline. That means sticking to the plan, sticking to the story. Don't start throwing things in randomly and spontaneously because somebody has a good idea two hours before showtime. That's what typically happens. They've stuck to the plan and they've executed it perfectly. The NWO was a great story, and in its day, I think it was, up until the bloodline. It was one of the best stories told, which is why people kept talking about it. But if you look at the way the bloodline has been told— and the story with the bloodline has been told and the detail and discipline that goes into that story, it blows the NWO story out of the water. That's coming from Eric Bischoff. And I agree with every word that he said, especially the line where it says, oh, somebody's got a good idea two hours before the show. Let's change plans. I don't know who's in charge of the bloodline storyline. I don't know who's, who's spearheading it all, if it's mostly Paul Heyman, if it's a mixture of Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, if it's a mixture of Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, and Triple H, we don't know. But the attention to detail and the layers on top of this and the, the emotional element that's in this thing as well, mixed with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who are real-life best friends, and then the bloodline and them being family, I mean, it's just on a different level. This is the best storyline that WWE's done since the Yes Movement. That was nine years ago. And I can't really think of a time in WWE where the story was that rich, like the Yes Movement. We can talk about Undertaker, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. I mean, I don't even compare that to this. It's not the same. Johnny Gargano and, and Tommaso Ciampa in NXT, that was incredible. But how many people really lived through that and appreciated that in the time that we got it, it's not, it wasn't like it happened on the main roster. It wasn't in front of as many eyes as I believe it should have been. You're not, this is, what you're watching is a once in a lifetime thing. Very rare that you get this type of storytelling on WWE television. Very rare. And you're living through it. You're living through it. Has WWE, has WWE been perfect with Roman Reigns through the, throughout the entire two years? No, they haven't. No, they haven't. Has Roman Reigns, you know, taken more time off than a world champion should? Sure. I could sit here and tell you that him being away for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time didn't do the show good. But who the fuck knows why he needed to be away? He's on TV now weekly. And the Bloodline storyline is so good that when Roman misses a week or two, we don't even fucking realize he's gone because of the level of storytelling that has transpired here that gives Roman the freedom to go away and you don't even realize he's gone. Meanwhile, we got Shay Uso, who's an incredible storyteller. Jimmy Uso, who's an incredible storyteller. Sami Zayn is the hottest fucking guy in the industry. Kevin Owens, you got someone like Paul Heyman there. Look at what they've done. Roman Reigns doesn't even need to be there. As long as he shows up for the pay-per-views and defends his fucking title, I don't give a shit how many times he takes a SmackDown off. 
Because I know that the bloodline and the storyline is going to carry on when he's not there. I can't say that about anybody else. Someone like Roman and the position where Roman is, is in, if he's off TV, sometimes things fall down to the fucking shitter. They, they usually get wasted, and it's, a, it's, it's obviously apparent, and, and it's missing. It's a missing piece to the puzzle. When Roman's there, I don't even fucking notice he's gone because of how great the others have been. The supporting role, the casting of characters here has been so great. Roman and him taking a SmackDown off here, there, two weeks, three weeks, you don't even realize it. You need to start talking about Roman Reigns as, you know, somebody with, with 900 days. Yes, it's a number. Yes, it's a, a statistic. But you, you got to look deeper than that. You, you, you're, doing, you're doing yourself a huge disservice, and you're disrespecting Roman by not really breaking down what his, his run has done around him. Eric Bischoff is saying that the bloodline is better than the NWO. Who the fuck are you to tell me that my opinion is, is stupid and wrong? Eric Bischoff created the fucking NWO. A man that created the greatest faction in the history of the business, the most influential faction in the history of the business, saying that his creation is second best to the bloodline? Who the fuck is anybody to tell me that my opinion has no credibility? Fuck out of here. Sami Zayn. There was a rumor going around that the reason why Sami Zayn is not winning any world championship on the road to WrestleMania is because WWE will soon find themselves in Saudi Arabia come May. February 18th, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, Elimination Chamber, after many called for this rivalry to conclude with Zayn beating Reigns at WrestleMania, a report indicated that WWE's relationship with Saudi Arabia could potentially be a factor in Zayn's plans. People are really, 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 really reaching. They are real. The IWC are the biggest fucking geeks. You got some fucking complete morons in the IWC. You, you, you are trying... You are trying to convince yourself that Sammy has a chance and Sammy doesn't have a chance. It's not because of Saudi Arabia. It's not because of WWE is going to take Cody and take, and, you know, take what he did at the Royal Rumble and, and ruin that. No, no. Zayn has not competed for WWE in any Saudi Arabia event since the partnership began in 2014 due to his Syrian descent. And it's been speculated that WWE won't put the world title on Zayn as the top champion because usually, usually those, those big championship matches need to take place in Saudi Arabia. After Dave Meltzer was asked on Twitter if the plans for the world title match have been affected by WWE's plans to go to a country Zayn is not allowed to perform in, Meltzer promised that this is not the case. He says, whatever decision has been made, this is nothing or has nothing to do with it, I promise. Sami Zayn has zero chance of winning any championship at the Elimination Chamber and at WrestleMania. I don't know what you need from me to convince you that it's not happening. Sami Zayn is not beating Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn is not getting added to the main event of WrestleMania. It's not going to be a triple threat match because that would be the fucking most dumb decision that they could possibly do. And they're not ruining Cody Rhodes and his moment at WrestleMania. That is his moment. That is the guy that they want. 
And we don't even know then if Cody's going to beat Roman. We don't. That's how big Roman has gotten. Roman's got the John Cena effect. You don't know what the fuck is going to happen because it's so unpredictable. He's so pro-WWE or WWE so pro-Roman that you don't know. Is Roman going to lose at WrestleMania? We don't know. That's the level of God mode that Roman is in right now. You would think that Cody's going to win the title and it's all predictable, but you don't know. For all we know, we could get to a thousand days with Roman Reigns. WWE loves to pad their statistics. We don't know. Sami Zayn is not winning a fucking world championship. Get it out of your head. It is not his story to tell. He has his own story. Cody's story is the world title. You would realize that if you listen to the man talk the day after WrestleMania last year. That's why he's back. That's the story. The injury only put a temporary pause on that happening. Sammy has his own story. If we make a triple threat match out of Roman and Cody with Sami Zayn getting involved, what do you do with Kevin Owens? What do you do with Jay Uso? What do you do with Jimmy Uso? Are you going to leave them off the WrestleMania card? I mean, that's just the bare minimum I'm giving you. What do you do with those three men? So you're going to put Sami Zayn in the main event of WrestleMania and then take away what should be an even bigger story than Roman and Cody. Because that's the way I see it. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens' story coming out of the Royal Rumble, going into the chamber, and what we see transpire at the end of that match with Roman and Sami Zayn on Saturday night is going to be a bigger story to most of the fans than Roman and Cody at WrestleMania. Why would you want only one story to be told instead of giving, getting two stories at the same level and the same emotion? Doesn't really make sense to me. This is why the fans are, they, they are so stupid. You want, something ha- you want something to happen so badly and then you end up making shit decisions along the way. It's not going to happen. Sami Zayn is not becoming the world champion. If Cody Rhodes wasn't involved and Kevin Owens wasn't here and Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso weren't the tag team champions, I would be right there with you. Sami Zayn, main event, WrestleMania, world champion. That's what needs to be done. But Sami Zayn's story never revolved around the world championship. It revolves around the world championship now because of where he is in the bloodline and what Roman did to him. And Kevin Owens, he's standing up for himself. He's looking at Jay Uso, toy with the idea, am I in, am I out? He thinks he has an alliance, a friendship, a brotherhood with Jay Uso. Saturday night, Jay Uso is going to sever that, that brothership and he's going to align himself with his blood. And that's what's going to happen. Sammy and KO versus uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso. I mean, I don't know. It's very, very cut and dry, folks. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. No, Sami Zayn's going to win the world championship, and it's still being pushed. We need to make it a triple threat match. We need to have Sami Zayn win the tag team titles and then win the world championship from Roman in the main event on Sunday night. So you want Sami Zayn to walk out with two championships, tag team championships and a world championship. Why don't we, why don't we just go out there and, and fucking, you know, just have Sami Zayn win all the fucking titles? fucking ridiculous 
Absolutely ridiculous. And they're in Montreal. This company is so fucking, they are so zoned in. Every time they go to Montreal, they got to have a they got to have some sort of screw job finish. This is going to be the modern day screw job. This is going to be Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart all over again. I mean, just, just look at where they are and the setting that they have in place. Sami Zayn is basically going to be reenacting Bret Hart, but it's not going to be it's not going to be a, a complete legitimate situation. Sami Zayn's not going to defect to AEW. Man, you guys are crazy. You got you guys are fucking crazy. I don't know. Sami Zayn, he has zero zero chance, zero chance of winning the world championships. Stop making up excuses and stop trying to convince yourself that he's going to win and, oh, this is the reason why they're not going to put the title on him because they're not going to allow him in Saudi Arabia. Now, Sammy's not winning the world championships and he's not going to Saudi Arabia, no matter what. Cody Rhodes is not helping his cause either with comments like this. He says he welcomes the idea of a triple threat match with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Now, I thought what WWE did on Monday Night Raw was fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Making Cody Rhodes into Sami Zayn's cheerleader and telling him to finish the story was brilliant storytelling. Follow the narrative. Follow the yellow brick road that the fans have paved. Just follow that road. Just follow the fans. We want Sami. Cody came out and said exactly what the fans wants. Fans want Sami. Cody wants Sami. I want to wrestle you at WrestleMania. I believe in you. You're going to beat the tribal chief. Worked better, better for him than I could fucking ever imagine. That's what needed to be done. I didn't think it was going to work, but it, it worked. They took a risk and it worked. Much better than having Cody say nothing at all. They had him go out there and become Sami Zayn's biggest cheerleader. It was a huge gamble, a huge risk. WWE put all on red. They put all their winnings, all their earnings on red. They went all in at that poker table. No pun intended. And it worked. It worked. Cody Rhodes spoke to Ariel Hawani. And he made it clear that he welcomes the idea of a triple threat match with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. When asked if he prefers the match to be one-on-one or a possible triple threat, Rhodey, uh, Rhodey, Cody Rhodes answered, no, I don't really have a preference solely because I want to wrestle the best. People wanted a contender forever. So if you show up, don't be mad. Don't make it about A or B or B or A or one or two. Enjoy it all. That's really been kind of the challenge. I can't begrudge a dude for getting super hot. I have no preference in terms of the direction it goes. I really look forward to the moments when I'm in there, if they happen, Sammy, whether it's just on the road to WrestleMania, because I think it's different than people think. I think he's doing amazing. So yeah, bring it all together. Who knows? Who knows what happens in Montreal? Who knows what happens at WrestleMania? One of the reasons I keep serene, peace, and calm is because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not the executive vice president, meaning that he's not an EVP anymore. I I still think, like some people think, I got this EVP stroke in WWE. I barely had it in the first place. Like I said, I want to play quarterback. I want to get in the game. I'll compete for that position. So he he wants to be the guy. 
And WWE wants Cody to be that guy too. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in this position. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given him. They basically handed him the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns is the match. We're not getting a triple threat. We're not getting a triple threat match. Rhodey Codes. Cody Rhodes. Ariel Hawani had to ask the question because, you know, I appreciate those lines of questioning. Everybody's talking about it. He sees what people are saying online, so why not bring it up to him? Cody gave the best answer he could. What is he going to say? No, I don't want Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. We just got him done. We just got done hearing him say, yeah, I, I want you at WrestleMania. So what is he going to do when Ariel Hawani asks him that question? No, I don't want I don't want Sami Zayn. But you just got done on Monday telling him that you want to meet him at WrestleMania. So if it happens to be a triple threat match, I'll take it. Cody's going to be uh, he's going to be doing something cool at WrestleMania. I, I like this. I like this. I wonder if AEW is going to be involved, but uh, I doubt it. WWE will never portray AEW logoing or, or branding on their uh, on their television show. Cody Rhodes. He spoke to Peter Rosenberg. <coughs> Peter. Hot 97, Rhodes revealed that he has an idea to do something special on this night's WrestleMania for his weight belt design. He wants to list all the independent promotions he worked for after he departed WWE. He says, small spoiler, I guess. I was trying to come up with this idea for a weight belt for a very specific premium live event, wherever you want to call it. Wherever I wrote... Everybody, or where I wrote everybody, every independent promotion I worked at on it because that was the most important thing I did was this connection with these fans and getting to know them and grassroots, and that became really my bread and butter. So he, he wants to, you know, Cody's weight belt. He wants to put every branded independent logo, every independent promotions logo that he worked for after WWE on his belt as a... As a meaning, as a throwback to where he's gone for the last six years to make his way back to WWE. I like that. I like that a lot. And now whoever gets that weight belt in the crowd, because you know Cody usually throws that weight belt into the crowd. Whoever gets that shit, man, I mean, that's going to go for big bucks. That's going to go for big bucks. I, I, would not be, uh, I would not be too keen on throwing that on eBay, but, you know, people, uh, people are crazy. That's pretty cool. I like that idea. Hopefully, we do see that come to fruition. I think that's a great idea for uh, for Cody Rhodes. Uh, who's in the chat? Uh, uh, Nate, what are you what are you talking about, bro? Cody, he's being shoved down our throats by WWE and JD and Melter and what culture? Uh, freaking guy! I I got him. Get get this guy out of here. I'm not shoving anybody down your throat. You fucking retard. You fucking idiot. I'm not, I'm not shoving anybody down your throat. Sammy Saints not winning the world title. The fuck are you talking about? If it's not Cody, who do you want? Who's there? Who would you want instead of Cody Rhodes on that roster now to take down Roman? Who? I'll wait. 
WWE fed him everybody. Would you rather Dwayne do it? I'm shoving Cody down your throat. Cody's been here for a fucking scone and a cup of coffee. And already he's getting shoved down your throat. Go fuck your mother, asshole. Get out of my chat. Now, Gunther is not the guy to take down Roman. That would not go over the way that it needs to. Gunther needs to be in a role like Roman, and he needs to be the one to be taken down, not the one to take down the guy that needs to be taken down. Gunther is a terrible idea. Bobby Lashley is as dull as they come. Give me a break. There is nobody. It's Cody or bust. Sami Zayn is not winning the world title. Move on. Move on. I know you can't get over your fucking past relationships and you got this fucking thing about you where you can't be wrong. Oh my God. It's not winning the world championship. God, I mean, wrestling fans are just fucking absolutely dumb. Get out of my chat and stay the fuck out. Really, get out. Trish Stratus. Apparently she had plans canceled on Raw this week. Why? I don't know. Sean Ross Sapp pointed out that Lita's return had been reported hours earlier by this new wrestling account on Twitter. Oh, oh boy. We got a new account, WRKD Wrestling. It's exactly where I want to be getting my news from. The account also had another scoop to share. Lita apparently was just the first to return, with Trish Stratus expected to follow, setting up a major angle moving forward. Becky Lynch teaming with Lita and Trish to take on Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky at the Elimination Chamber was tweeted. Yes, clearly we saw where this was going, and then all of a sudden Trish Stratus didn't show up on Monday Night Raw. Hate to backtrack on our second tweet ever. To count as two tweets, and people are already reporting them as news. How fucking sad. How sad are people wanting to just find any sort of relevance in the community? Nobody wants to work for it. Plans to change due to Dakota's injury and Trish won't be at Raw tonight. However, she is absolutely on her way soon and we can share that she will be around for a lengthy program. She definitely won't be in a role most expect. More than likely, they're setting up something for WrestleMania. It's the only way I see it. Becky Lynch and Bayley have nothing to do at WrestleMania and we're not adding them to any championship match. That would be fucking ridiculous. Why don't you give them their own star-studded match and have Becky team with Trish and Lita against Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, and Bayley? There you go. Sounds like a WrestleMania match to me. Don't need to add it to the chamber because the chamber is all about Sammy and Roman. That's it. WrestleMania. Becky and Bayley have their plans. There you go. And finally, guys. And finally. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. They're getting movie trailers and they're set to be filmed. Oh, yeah. Very similar to WrestleMania 21. So apparently we're going to get some movie style vignettes. The last WrestleMania that was held in Los Angeles was WrestleMania 21. 
And WWE's been uh, showing these old WrestleMania 21 clips uh, of like a callback to WrestleMania 21 with the parody movie trailers. The trailers, which at the time featured various WWE stars parrying famous movie trailers like Braveheart, A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally. And according to a report from Pro Wrestling Insider, a batch of parody movie trailers is in the works and will start airing on television in the coming weeks. The report names several WWE stars as actors in these trailers, including Rhea Ripley in a parody of Stranger Things, the Brawling Brutes in a parody of the 40-year-old Virgin. Yeah, that's going to go over well. That's going to that's gonna really depict the entire fucking internet wrestling community, I'll tell you that. Bianca Belair and Montez Ford in a parody of Titanic. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins will be in a superhero parody. They don't really label which one. Rumor uh, going around as well. The Bloodline will parody Goodfellas. And The Miz and Maurice will parody Top Gun. But those were not mentioned by PW Insider. I'm assuming, I mean, if The Bloodline isn't doing anything Joe Pesci or fucking uh, Al Pacino or... uh, or uh, whatever, you know, it's it's a it's a huge it's a huge failure. Seriously, we we need we need the bloodline doing some casino, Goodfellas, something. Nothing has been confirmed by WWE yet, but the 2005 ad campaign, Triple H and Ric Flair, they were uh, mocking the Braveheart trailer. Eddie Guerrero, Booker T parodied Pulp Fiction. The Undertaker did Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry. I mean, those were great. And uh, I think that's, I mean, it's going to get WWE men, when they want to really put their minds to something and get their marketing team behind something and get people talking about it, there's nobody better. I I love that idea. People are going to go crazy for this, and that's fucking awesome. I can't wait to see that Bloodline, uh, you know, Goodfellas parody or or whatever they do. It's going to be something mafia style. Going to be fucking great. Going to be something great. Can't wait to see it. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm about to get out of here. Thank you for uh, your Thursday afternoons. Uh, I really appreciate you hanging out with me. We're going to get into the Super Chats. Got a couple Super Chats to go over. Oh, but JD is shoving Cody Rhodes down your throat, man. Sure I am. Get him out. Anyway, um, if you guys missed any of the content on the channel, actually, you know what? I got, instead of playing music, man, we got, uh, I forgot, I forgot to talk about my friends over at the Ridge, man. How can we, how can we forget? How can we forget talking about the Ridge, man? Holy shit. Tonight's show is sponsored by the Ridge. Make sure you guys go check out the Ridge. I'm going to tell you exactly why you need to go get a Ridge wallet right here on Off the Script. Ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited about today's sponsor on the podcast. Legitimately, my favorite wallet of all time. I have not owned another wallet since I first found out about The Ridge. Today's sponsor right here on Off The Script. I mean, look at this nonsense. Why would you want to carry around that? Why would you want that on your person? This fumbling, ugly, disgusting mess of a wallet when you got something like the Ridge out there that's going to streamline everything you need in this beautiful little package. Not only is it as durable, I mean, look at this thing. This thing is almost three years old. I take it with me everywhere I go. It's been through hell with me, and it still looks great. 
The Ridge is as durable as they come. Over 30 colors to choose from. Room for 12 cards in here, plus some if you want to get a little froggy. Money clip for loose cash. And it's got RFID blocking technology, so you guys are going to be safe. You're not going to be compromised at all from digital pickpockers. I mean, that's the most important thing about the Ridge, period. And if I haven't convinced you guys to go get a Ridge, the Ridge is going to give you guys a full money-back guarantee for 45 days. If you don't like the Ridge wallet, which I don't know why you wouldn't, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. That's how confident that they are in their product. Make sure you guys go and use the promo code SCRIPTS at Ridge.com. You're going to save 10% off. Once again, that is SCRIPTS at Ridge.com. And I want to thank my great friends over at the Ridge, not only for giving me the best damn wallet anywhere, but for today's podcast, sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Script. I appreciate you guys uh, sitting through that, man. Ridge.com, code script at checkout. Make sure you guys go get yourself a nice wallet on the podcast. Let's get into uh, Super Chats, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Memberships are open. Get them on in. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Tons of it for you. So go check that stuff out. Uh, we're going to start with Tyler. He's got two 199 Super Jazz. Jay White now FTR possibly coming to WWE. Amazing. I mean, FTR coming to WWE, it's a possibility. Jay White, I could see him coming to WWE for sure. I would rather see him in WWE than AEW, to be honest with you. And Tyler says, 900 days and counting, 1,000 here to come, says Roman Reigns. Maybe, man. We don't know. We don't know if Reigns is losing that title. We don't know. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Triple threat. Sammy would still not get the belts. No. It makes no sense. I mean, it's the dumbest thing that they that the community could say, honestly. Rick Morty with a new membership. Rick Morty, what the fuck are you drinking, Rick Morty? Thank you for the membership, man. Welcome to the VIP club, and you get access to my mother's basement. Lunar Guardian with a six months. Thank you, JD, for being the voice of the IWC that we need. Much love, brother. Lunar, I appreciate that, bro. Thank you for six months, man. Eric Newton with a $10 super chat. What's up, JD? Just wanted to say happy birthday to Jesse, and I'm also celebrating my 37th birthday today. Oh, look at that. We got another February 16th birthday. I'll take a Crown Royale whiskey. Cheers, JD and chat. Eric, thank you, brother. And happy birthday, man. Vincent Tarantini with a nine months. Can't wait for the elimination. Shame on WrestleMania. JD is the one and only ace. Thank you, Vincent. Bastard of Doom with a new membership. Doom, what the fuck are you drinking, Doom? Thank you for joining the VIP club. Drew Gilmore. What's up, buddy? Six months. Celebrating six months as an OTS VIP. I just got tickets for Ring of Honor. I'll either wear my gold Team JD shirt or my Orange Cassidy cosplay. Keep an eye out. Uh-oh. 
Now I gotta look. Now I gotta I gotta sign up for Honor Club, bro, just to see Drew. Thank you, man. Kings, three kings with six months. Six months, Bay Bay. Jade Cargill is still 53 and one. Can't wait for the debut of your mother's basement, JD. Should be great. Shell John with nine months. What's up, JD? I think CM Punk should come back as a heel just to stay away from MJF. What do you think? I don't care if Punk comes back as a babyface or a heel, bro. I just want him back. I, I think I think we need him. For right now, we need him. LJ, best ever with 19 months. OTS family, much love. My mom's been in and out of the hospital, coughing off blood. Could use some OTS love and prayers. OTS for life. Let me see those prayer emojis for LJ, best ever, and his mother. Everybody in the chat. Kirin of Darkness with six months. Celebrating six months as a VIP. I'll be going to Revolution. This will be my first ever AEW show, and I'll be at the show live. I'm very excited. Um, Darkness, enjoy the show. AEW usually puts on a banger pay-per-view. Great live experience. No, I mean... Neville Attard, uh, listen, don't, 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 we don't need to get Neville Attard out of here in the chat. I mean, he didn't say anything bad about me, so leave him. If he wants, if he wants Baron Corbin in the main event of WrestleMania, leave him in the chat. It's an innocent comment. It's not bothering anybody. If he says something bad about me, then we get him out of here. Valhalla, Erickson with the $2 Super Chat. Eddie would be disappointed in Conan. I agree. Shinobi with a new membership. Shinobi, what the fuck are you drinking, Shinobi? Thank you, Shinobi. Yeah, the mods gotta understand. The mods gotta, uh, unless... Unless they something, unless they say something derogatory about me or my name is mentioned in any negative way, those people need to get out. But somebody like Neville here, oh, Barry Corbin should be at WrestleMania. I mean, he's not saying nothing about me. I don't give a fuck what he says. Kings with a 499. What the hell? Where the hell is Keith Lee? I thought he was maybe storyline injured, but... There's been no mention of him since December. Uh, apparently, he uh, if you read the spoilers on Rampage, Three Kings, he shows up on Rampage. I think he shows up. I think he shows up uh, in the Swerve and Dustin Rhodes match. The Cake with a $5 Super Chat. Happy to celebrate SW leaving with the OTS family. Happy birthday to my boy, Jesse. Currently having a strawberry cream Dr. Pepper and a half and half. With half and half, I'm happy. Strawberry cream Dr. Pepper with half and half. You added half and half cream to your coffee, bro. Or to your to your coffee. I need a coffee. Half and half cream to your strawberry Dr. Pepper?
Always Nick with a $2 super chat. Keep up the good work. Greats. Uh, greets from Netherlands. I can't even read anymore. Netherlands. Nick, thank you so much, man. Brandon Johnson with a $4.99. Mansoor used to wrestle in a local promotion where I'm from. He's super talented and sucks seeing what WWE's doing with him in MMM. I mean, I don't really care. I don't really care what they do with him. He, he is uber talented, though. And he's gotten himself in great shape. Glorious one with an I-99. Which WrestleMania were you most excited for? For me, WrestleMania 28, they built Cena vs. Rock amazingly. Bro, I, I say it every year, man. Uh, WrestleMania 30. Just because of Daniel Bryan. Frankie DeBella with a 199. Why did Thunder Rosa give away the belt? Because she was going to be out for as long as she was. Can't hold the championship and not defend it for five months. However long she's been away. She's been away since when? All out? Theme parks and things with Johnny, four months. JD, you may disagree, and that's okay. If WWE plays their cards right, would you consider Gunther a future final boss? Absolutely. Why would I disagree with that? Of course, Gunther is a future final boss. He's a final boss now. Gunther, if Roman Reigns is a final boss, then Gunther is a, a fucking mini boss. He's absolutely a mini boss. He's one of the toughest. He's like a God of War Ragnarok mini boss. Travis Drum with six months. Loving the Thursday streams. Just got off work to listen to the best podcast in the IWC while I drive home. Thanks, JD. Thank you, Travis. And hopefully you had a good day at work, buddy. Sean Watkins with a 14 months. Roman is definitely this generation's star. I hate to admit it, but Vince was right about him from day one. Now, Vince was actually wrong about him from day one. Vince wanted him as a babyface, saw him as a babyface. And Roman, he's thriving now more than he ever has in his entire career. Vince was very negligent and very reckless with Roman Reigns. Mohammed Issa with a $5 super chat. To be honest, the AEW game, in my opinion, is nothing special. People are excited for it because of nostalgia. The gameplay is just more arcadey. Well, bro, I don't really give a fuck what you say, Mohammed. I'm excited about it, and I don't really give a shit what you think. There's nothing special about it because you never played the old games. How about that? You want WW2K23 with their boxy fucking movement and their shit pinning mechanics and their lack of creativity? By all means, you go play it, bro. I don't give a fuck. I ain't buying that game. I'm waiting for the real wrestling game to come out. Nikki Ice with a $5 super chat. Always asking us, what are we drinking? What the fuck are you drinking, says Nikki Ice. I'm drinking a liquid death, as always. Ryoku with a $2 super chat. You're appreciated, JD. Celebrating my mom's 66th birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Happy 66th. Jason Barker with a six months. What are you drinking? Liquid death over here. I am with you on the fact that Roman Reigns is the final boss. No doubt. It makes sense. I know. Ricardo with a 1790 super chat. In Peru currency. Hi, JD from Peru. Why not consider KO as a contender against Roman again? No. No, thank you. Justin with a 499. 
Went to the Celtics game this past Sunday and got to see Sheamus and saw Sheamus on the Jumbotron. Also, keep up the good work, JD. Always do a great job. Thank you, Justin. Sheamus is a fucking beast, man. I love Sheamus. Cody Snyder with a $5 super chat. Hey, Chief, just finished up a workout and OTS subbed in for my gym tunes today. Stoked for this Saturday, the pay-per-view and your show. Cheers. Thank you, Cody. We'll be live after Elimination Chamber. Hopefully, you had a good gym workout, man. I'll be back in there tomorrow for uh, my final session this week. Solar Elysium with a $2 super chat. Jay White and Cody Rhodes with the WWE title at SummerSlam. I like that, man. Uh, maybe too soon for Mr. Jay White, for Mr. Switchblade. I'm thinking uh, Cody Rhodes versus Randy Orton. And Gig Worker 1099 with a $5 super chat. What's up, Jay? The AEW Fight Forever and Hogwarts Legacy coming to the channel. I don't know, man. I don't know about Hogwarts, but uh, AEW Fight Forever, absolutely. We'll be playing it on this channel. It'll be the Tuesday stream. Because NXT sucks. Nobody wants to watch NXT. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm about to get out of here, man. You guys know the deal. You guys know the deal, man. I'm about to get out of here, and we're about to close up the venue for this Thursday night happy hour. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. As always, tons of content on there for you. And join me live tomorrow night, man. We'll be live after SmackDown. Go home show for the Elimination Chamber. And then live on Saturday with the Chamber post show. It is going to be epic. Can't wait. Thank you guys for a great stream. I'll see you live tomorrow night for SmackDown right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.